Don't listen to it. Crows are all liars. I know a story about a crow. I hate your stories. Hey, Joe, what is your official title at Vanity Fair? Senior writer. Would you call yourself a Hollywood writer? Or should I just say senior writer for Vanity Fair? I like senior writer. I had the word Hollywood on my title for a really long time, and I'm kind of glad that it's gone. Okay. She's the Hollywood reporter for the Vanity Fair. (laughs) (laughs) It was Hollywood blogger, and then it was... Hollywood writer, and then I was senior Hollywood writer, and now it's just senior writer, and I kind of like that best of all. For those of you listening who don't know, Joanna is also the host, co-host of A Cast of Kings, and of course, A Storm of Spoilers. And Joanna's also been working with us hard on the programming team for Con of Thrones. That has been it's exciting to really actually be recording fun. an episode together. That has been really fun and interesting, because I, I am so con-ignorant, and you guys are so con-wise, that uh, it's been really fun to work with you guys on that. Conwise. Conwise. It's the greatest you know. compliment anyone's ever given me. <laughs> We've just uh, discovered, well, I just found out that Hannah is um, in complete control this year of the Con of Thrones play- playlist uh, of the Saturday Night Ball on the Wall. This I don't is want people be... to know in case it's bad. Well, they know now. So, I know, so don't tell any, everybody <laughs> listening, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> it's just Cotton Eye Joe for three hours, right? Oh my you know, Hannah you make rushes a joke. to add Cotton Eye Joe to the <laughs> <Yeah>. playlist. <laughs> you make a joke about something and it gets too real. So it's going to be like Cotton Eye Joe followed by um, Light of the Seven. Can every single song have like a hidden Game of Thrones meeting? Like, Ask Hannah. You could do Lady in Red. Um, Let's just say it's going to be a journey and an experience. Hungry like the wolf. (laughs) (laughs) It's not about the destination, it's about the journey, right? Exactly. Exactly. But only one journey song. (laughs) (laughs) I promise. So is this the sort of story that you like? In that darkness, the white walkers came for the first time. They swept through cities and kingdoms, riding their dead horses, hunting with their packs of pale spiders. I feel like we spent so long in like the drought, the Game of Thrones drought, and ever since, you know, it's been the last couple weeks, just been every single day there's new photos new interviews new piece of news that you know three months ago we would have spent five hours trying to dissect because it's all we had <laughs> so it's just like everything we're finally in that point of preseason hype where everything is just building and building and it's very exciting how do you think this year compares to the lead up to a new season for me even if you weren't asking me i, I was <laughs> i actually think it feels calmer for some reason i don't know if it's because it's time shifted so we're all like not in our usual game of thrones rhythm mm-hmm. and so it's like coming as we head into summer so everything just feels a little chiller if it had if it had debuted in in april when all the other tv was debuting i think i would have lost my mind and so the fact that it's coming in the summer um 
you know, after we do the con. Hallelujah. I just feel like, yeah, I just feel like the 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 road is a lot smoother this year. And I don't know if I'm just imagining it. And like in two weeks from now, I'll be like, oh, my God, I can't <laughs> handle it. But I think that something that I felt last season that I'm continuing to feel this season is how much of an unknown there is. And I think that we talked about this a lot in the lead up to season six. And we will continue to talk about this in our lead up to season seven. But so for so many years, I just spent with this like smug look on my face of, well, I watched that trailer and it was cool, but I already know what's going on. And so now it's like my stress levels are a million percent higher because like I have no idea what's really happening. Mm -hmm. We think we have some idea, but nobody has any real answers. And so I feel like that just adds this extra level that I am still not used to um, of all of the hype and the news that's coming out because it's not it's not like I'm piecing together a story I already know and understand and piecing together a story that I do not know and do not understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do know what's going <laughs> right, well- on. Storm of spoilers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I try so hard. I try so hard to avoid as much as I can because. I think that's really cool. You're going to have so much fun this year. It's difficult. You're going to be surprised. All right. I need to be surprised. Not, I don't need to be su- surprised to enjoy it because obviously I've been enjoying it for years, but I, I just feel like that's the extra element that I really, and you know, I mean, you can't avoid everything, but. And a lot of people are feeling that way. Like, it's just been really interesting to watch the fandom change from like, when we launched Storm of Spoilers, the, the whole concept was I do Cast of Kings and I have to like keep my mouth shut about everything that I know. And then on Storm of Spoilers, I can let loose and talk about the book and all that sort of stuff. And now that we're well off the book, the show has changed a good deal because, uh, you know, what spoilers do we have? We have a lot of production spoilers. Uh, and and mm-hmm. I think last year, a lot of our listeners were like, I'm not sure those are the kind of spoilers I want to hear. Like, it's one thing to find out about the story in the pages that George R. R. Martin wrote. And it's another to like blurry set photos reveal yeah. that, you know, Rickon's going to get shot with an arrow. So I understand that sort of push pull and we're trying to figure out, I mean, I didn't mean to make this like personal therapy hour about Storm (laughs) Spoilers, but we're trying to figure out like this year how we can best serve our audience maybe by dividing the podcast into two sections because there are some people Mm -hmm. who are still like super thirsty for every spoiler ever. So, but I also do feel that like I'm kind of, I'm probably kind of jealous in a way of you, Hannah, like getting to experience it like with surprise and shock and awe that everyone else will. Like, I think that's, I think that's cool. And like, I feel like I have to know everything to do what, to process it the way that I process it from Mm -hmm. like for our website, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I let Zach do all that. Yeah, exactly. You're unsullied. And (laughs) a lot of my, a lot of, a lot of my bosses are too. They're like, we're working on some stuff leading up to it. And they're like, we don't want to know anything. So Joanna, can you just do this and not tell us? And I was like, yeah, I'll fall on that sword. So (laughs) such a noble sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, there's benefits both ways. And even before we sat down to record, Zach and I had a very brief conversation about all the different news that we wanted to touch on because a lot of stuff has been happening. And it's like, well, do we include this, this and this? Because even in the last couple of weeks, there's, you know, stuff that's been coming out that are people would consider things that they're avoiding. So how do you kind of balance that? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's a real and speculation. It's a real how do you feel about those, Joanna, that come out after the fact now that are so close? Do you think that do you think that any of it was planned? The clues that 
the audience has been able to grab from these behind the scenes things over the past couple of weeks. You're talking about like the costume video, the Michelle Clapton costume yeah. video? Where Sam is holding that wonderful magic wand yeah. and he's casting spells <laughs> in Old Town. <laughs> oh, somebody, isn't it like a book grabber? Isn't he like grabbing a book? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you like to call it a wand. Someone like tweeted it. a meme. Mm-hmm. It was like, you're a wizard, Sam. It was... <laughs> Um, I actually, I mean, maybe I haven't looked close enough. I thought that video was actually pretty innocent of spoilers in a way that other ones haven't been in the past. Like, I remember last year, they showed, like, the White Walkers invading the Weirwood Tree. Yeah, like, that was in a production yeah. video. It was it was mm-hmm. green screen and stuff, but it was definitely there. So, like, I def- there definitely have been over the years. Like, and I think uh, there was one production video that had a lot of, like, the hard home stuff. So, there yeah. have been over the years like stuff that's come through that like the casual observer wouldn't stop and pay attention to but like people like but your we're listeners not casual observers or yeah. watchers <laughs> on the wall readers are like freeze framing everything they're like oh, oh, oh my god is this that you know etc so I actually thought the costume one did I miss one I just saw the costume one that came out I think that was it there was like a lot of close ups on like seam work and sigils and it feels like they were trying really hard I don't think it's been intentional that they leak spoilers and other things i think they just thought they underestimated the obsessive levels of their fan base and this year they're yeah. like we're gonna edit this puppy the same is true of the trailer we're gonna edit this puppy within an inch of its life so you can't you can decipher as little as possible that trailer is so tightly edited yeah 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 i do have a litmus test like dave chen my cast of king's coast is so spoiler averse that like he has me test all the trailers for him and usually I say don't watch it and this year I was just like yeah go ahead watch it like, <laughs> I don't think, uh, there's nothing you're gonna see in this trailer that's gonna you know Daenerys goes to Dragonstone okay we I mean all right yeah right but like do you does he uh, does he because he's not an obsessive viewer even know that that's Dragonstone I'm not sure he does it's just it feels very self-aware and usually I think self-aware, I think, cuts out a lot of the magic out of things, like Catfish Cooley on YouTube, for example. But in this case, it's like, <laughs> I think realizing how important Cersei, John, Daenerys, you know, the concept of seeing Lannister soldiers, the concept of seeing Dothraki screamers, like actually on in battle. The trailer gave us a lot of things that we've never really been given, uh, like from an adaptation point of view. And I thought mm-hmm. that because of that, it was just, it was really honest. Yeah, mm-hmm. for me, like the, the my favorite moment of the trailer, like the biggest oh shit moment, uh, was that Dothraki screamer sort of like uh, what my Star Wars spoilers co-hosts are calling horse parkour yes um, <laughs> i love it <laughs> um so yeah so the horse parkour moment was like my favorite and then there's like one that a moment that i would call spoilery if i were to try to over explain it that was really exciting for me but like if someone just seeing it wouldn't know what it was but for me uh you know knowing what i know i got really excited to see it and then but overall, I think you can just watch this trailer and not feel like most trailers for films where you feel like they've given the whole film away, you know, before you've seen it. Yeah, because I think, you know, as we're bringing up this good point, there's a lot that we knew or know heading into the season from the end of last season. Like we know about John and Sansa and Littlefinger and that whole thing that's still brewing up in the north. And we we know about, like I said, Danny heading to Dragonstone and so none of those, I think, are necessarily surprises. But we know about Cersei being paranoid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. but I think we're kind of alluding to this already as well is that there's so many new places. So like we ha- I know we've seen Dragonstone, but we haven't spent 
a crazy amount of time there. You know, like I think it's it's cool to see it from a Targaryen's perspective. Um, we casually rock, which we may or may not be going to, depending on what people think. The big L. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, I think so too. But um, which is crazy. That's I just a place that we haven't that. seen. Yeah, you know what I mean. I would be thinking of all the latrines, Tyrion, so and all neat. the sewage uh. waterways. <laughs> be thinking of what you've done. And that Lannister armor looks so cool. It does. It looks really good. There's a lot of Lannister soldiers in this this trailer. Lannister's getting the Arak from the Dark Rocky Screaming. I watched the trailer for the first time and I took notes as one does. And one of my points that I wrote was, I can't wait for Grey Worm to just wreck all Lannisters this (laughs) season. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how I thought that sentence was going to end. I thought you were alluding to the Grey Worm. Me too. (laughs) Me too. Well, I mean that too. <laughs> but first, he's got to take care of some Lannisters. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Sam, I just wish I could have saw a little Sam in the library, but he'll be here. I'll be patient. Those dragons, though. I mean, honestly, that last shot of the dragon flying over the Dothraki horde. That's exactly that what we needed. It hasn't gotten old yet. I don't know if you guys want to get into this, but there's the news that broke on, um, you know, via via HBO's number one correspondent james hibbard that um westerosi and war correspondent yeah like that, like that. <laughs> better than um, the titles we started with i think at the beginning yeah, of the show yes. <laughs> put that on a business that, card uh season eight might not come until 2019 yeah what do you guys think about that i'm not upset about it like i wasn't upset when hbo announced that westworld was taking like a year and change to make their second season because i would much rather they take the time they need then rush something out. That would always be my preference. Whether or not they're delaying in order to sort of bridge the gap between the end of Game of Thrones and the launch of a spinoff series, like giving themselves more time in order to like finish season eight and then have a spinoff series ready to go within at least a few months or something like that. You know, that that would be my only cynical guess about mm-hmm. the timeline. But if it's just so that Dan and David can like sort of, you know, make the best season possible, uh, even if it is the shortest season they've yet to do, uh, you know, I imagine I don't think this is a spoiler to say that we all expect that the final season is essentially going to be like a big battle. Right. So like, you know, if they need to, you know, take their time to record like basically three Dunkirks back to back or whatever you want to, you know, three, (laughs) (laughs) then, uh, you know, okay, sure. I I agree with it. So I've been excited to talk about this with you guys. Hannah and I haven't talked about this yet. Basically what happened is that the, the, the prequel sequel spinoff news actually came out of IGN, which is not, um, their usual, you know, they usually like to disseminate all information via Entertainment Weekly. And that the, the spinoff news came via a scoop of a friend of mine, Terry Schwartz, uh, seeing something she wasn't supposed to, actually. Uh, and that's how she scooped <laughs> the, the spinoff news. She scooped Entertainment Weekly. Like, that should have come through a controlled release. And so I think HBO is freaking out a little bit that the news and speculation is out there in a way that, like, they couldn't control. And, they're, and so I think the reason that Casey Boys, like, gave this um, interview to Hibbard is so that he could like take back control of the release of information about it and sort of temper expectations. Interesting. So, uh, you know, one of the questions, like 
The question leading up to the money question is Hibbert asking on the Dan and David side of things. They told me they're not going to be involved in the prequels and instead are going to work on the final season for the next year and a half. Is that right? And Casey Boy says, yep, I'm glad you asked about that because that is one thing I want to clarify. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, they they feed Hibbert a lot of the questions to ask. They're like, ask us about this so that they can like put it on the record. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a false rumor that came out of the IGN report was that Dan and David would, would even be like nominally executive producer. Producers, and I think they're just not even going to do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, like, you know, Blois talks about that. And then he says, uh, you know, Hibbert asks, so as of now, the final season could air in 2018 and or in 2019, depending on their needs. And Blois said, yeah, they have to write the episodes and figure out the production schedule. We'll have a better sense of that once they get further into the writing. So they're just not committing themselves themselves to any sort of we're finishing in 2018. Which I think is smart and fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have no problem with that. And I think they're just, they're, HBO is really concerned as well, they might be, of like what their future looks like when Game of Thrones goes away because Same. it is just such a huge <laughs> tentpole for them. Yeah, exactly. What, what happens to our podcast? <laughs> and Empire? the leftovers um, is over. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so true. Like, and, and that's why I feel like I have no Empire. problem, <laughs> no problem with us, with them and with this being. I don't want to drag it out unnecessarily. And I don't think that that's really what's happening here. But I also think that, A, we can take the time that it needs and that it deserves because, especially after watching this trailer, I just have had this overwhelming feeling of we have so much ground to cover, so many loose ends to tie up. So let's take the time to finish it and finish it well and give this ending to the series that for both book readers, arguably, and for watchers of the show something that they can feel satisfied with. And also, let's continue, as we always say, give us more time to play in the space, you know? Like, I don't think that there's a shortage of stuff to talk about. And if you have to wait an extra six months, ask me in during the period of the Badlands <laughs> while we are waiting yeah. how I feel about it then. But, you know, from my perspective, sitting here right now, like, let's do it right and let's take the time. Let's have this rosy color view of, of what's really going on here. And we've we've got... We've got time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. That's what I want to hear from from, yeah. the, from the creative team that's putting together you know, the show, the people that are actually producing it. I, I love the idea of them saying, well, you know, honestly, to make this as epic as we can, we really need to spend a good amount of time on it. If to me, it seems like they've they've they really understand. And of course, they do. I mean, look at the job they've done, but they they understand what Game of Thrones means to the industry as a prestige cinematic TV show, and if you pay attention to the article, uh, they they speak about it in that way, or the interview that James does with Casey. They speak about you know HBO and and having the uh, the the sort of courage to approach a series as cinematically as they do. And I don't really think that there's another show, maybe besides House of Cards, that really does it as as um, consistently as Game of Thrones does. And I feel like they're future proofing themselves a little bit. Look at the competition that they have as a streaming network. I mean, it's astounding how good a lot of the shows um, coming from a lot of these networks that you wouldn't have considered to be pay for play um, competitors with HBO are getting, but they're getting really good. And so the idea of them taking it seriously enough to say future proofing our network and the legacy of Game of Thrones, we'd rather spend a year and a half on six episodes than what we've done before. And that gives me 
a lot of hope like that it's going to be it's just going to stay getting awesome and i i mean i honestly so i saw a lot of people reacting very negatively and i really actually think that this is actually what you want yeah if you stop and mm-hmm. think about it you want them to take the finale as seriously as possible a couple things that i would caution against um if that's like not an insufferable thing to do is like some people are like, oh, my God, well, they're giving George more time to finish the books. And I'm just like, no. let let that go for your own sanity. And like, yeah. I'm not saying like, don't believe in George, believe in George all you want, but just like, don't get your like, I've had to let that go. Like, just don't get yourself like wound up about it because it, it will probably disappoint, you know, so you think it's going to come out, though, right before season eight? I hope that wins does but like i think some people are like and he can finish dream and i'm oh. like you're dreaming like no <laughs> lol um so, <laughs> so no um but you know like i know that there are people who still want george <laughs> no. sorry that's the funniest thing i've heard in a long time <laughs> but like i know that there are people who like you know uh, we were just talking about this earlier in terms of like how hannah wants to find out about the series like some people want to find out the twists and turns via the hbo series but for a lot of people their original preference is to find out what happens oh. Oh, of course from george yeah. yeah and so you know like if that's at all a possibility they want to cling to it i i don't know that it is but it also means that like dan and david have not only the pressure of any tv series you know talk to damon lindelof who just finished no the leftovers just finished the leftovers beautifully but had all this pressure riding on him because of the whole lost legacy you know like talk to anyone finishing a very popular tv show and they like will probably tell Girl. you they have like <laughs> night oh yeah xoxo <laughs> Azora, Azora, Azora High, High. Yeah. actually, <laughs> you know. I hang out on the steps of the Great Sept of Baylor before it was destroyed. That used to be where I used to hang out. <laughs> Tights on. Yeah, so, so like finishing the show well, they not only have the pressure of like being one of two of the most popular TV shows on air right now. Um, but also of all the book fans who mm-hmm. like yeah. have waited since the nineties to find out how this is all going to end. You know, it's not just seven years of pressure. It's multiple decades of pressures. Yeah. So I uh, take all the time you guys want, you know, like Do a good job. Have fun with it. Yeah. They're going to have fun with it. We're going to have fun with it. I mean, I, yeah, I think that I'm glad that we're at all at this consensus of this is fine. Like this isn't, you know, something that we should be stressing about i mean clearly they've listened to our uh our ask like can you just extend stuff so we can get a feast with dragons finished and then <laughs> yeah well start on once a winner my ask all along to george Mar- is like <laughs> please wait until we finish our feast of dragons read through mm-hmm. at, at the pace that we're going at could be a while but well, i think with all this extra time things like con of thrones and doing what we're doing right now with the shows, especially these, you know, crossover stuff, which is basically all Con of Thrones is going to be is just a huge crossover of everyone in the community or everyone that's able to make it to tier one. These changes in the schedule, basically just growing the amount of time that they're they're saying that they're willing to put into it. And on a money level, HBO saying, all right, well, we'll give you the time and not worry about the reports for that particular period. Like they're thinking and the long term as well, it it sort of just feeds the community and gives us more reason to come together with this period of, I guess, emptiness because there's <laughs> going to be nothing new from the. We're uh, good at waiting. Yeah, we're, but we're best when we're waiting together, you know, and mm-hmm. that's why stuff like Con of Thrones and, like I said, these podcasts are going to be even more important moving forward. It's interesting because, it, spoilers wise. I don't know. Like, I don't want them to stress for that. That that would be my only concern. I don't want them to stress out for two years about the end of 
<laughs> Game of Thrones of uh, the end of A Song of Ice and Fire leaking out via spoilers. I mean, the way that's the entirety of season seven has been this is gonna be you know tough. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. like it's yeah. So I hope almost that they just let it go and just like don't worry too much about it. And it's just like what I've what I've observed from the season seven leak that that happened is like there's just there's so many people who just don't want to know. They just don't want to know. And so like the people who don't want to know don't want to know. And the people that want to know or feel like they have to know know. But like exactly. most most of us who've read spoilers, I, I just I want to be protective of people who don't want to have that experience. So like, you know, like I, I know all the things, but I don't want to like infect anyone who wants to stick right. here. This reminds you know? me, <laughs> do you remember when Half-Blood Prince came out and there was all those videos of people who read leaks of them driving around in parking lots yelling, Snape kills Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. And all the poor, like, I feel like we've come so far. <laughs> like fandom oh has come God. so far and like helping to protect. And exactly, people who want to get the information that, are going to get it some way or the other, you know? Yeah. And so then people who don't want it aren't going to read it. So I don't, I agree. I don't think that that something that should be a huge worry because it's going to be out there in some way anyway. Yeah. Just for your own sanity, like let it go, you know, cause like Dan and David and, and I understand their frustration. I, I'm not saying I don't, but like they've given all these interviews, like trying to lecture people about how to ingest spoilers. And I'm like, you can't control. This is the thing you can't control. So like y- no amount of like, finger wagging and tongue clicking is gonna like get you what you want so just like enjoy your life yeah you have to adapt make make your great show so many people are gonna watch it enjoy it we're gonna enjoy it anyway you're doing an awesome job and you just took a year and a half to do the the last one I mean you guys are probably gonna make six movies and the whole world is gonna love it oh like I know you guys are Harry Potter people so I'll just share that like I was a manager of a bookstore when the last book came out and when Deathly Hallows came out. And so we threw a I'm Harry sorry. Potter. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. And we were, in, we were in downtown San Francisco. It was really actually really fun. Um, I personally made like 1000 lightning bolt cupcakes. Like it was just, it was really fun. But um, we, my roommate and I both worked at that bookstore. We worked until like, she worked till midnight. I worked till three in the morning. She went home at midnight, started reading Deathly Hallows. I got home. She was like three hours ahead of me. I sat down on the couch in the same room and then we just like sped read the book through the night to the morning. Oh, yes. and she, she was like three hours in front of me. So she would be like, oh, no. And I'd be like, oh, yep. mm-hmm. don't tell me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we, we read as fast as we could. I ca- probably kind of so we wouldn't get, you know, spoiled. But so we could just like, you know, read it for ourselves. Anyway. That's Winds a, of Winter is going to be like that. That's going to be stressful yes. as heck. We're, we have to plan. There's going to be so many people in one hotel room reading mm-hmm. during the midnight release or in someone's house. I think we may need to get an Airbnb big enough for every listener of all of the podcasts. For everyone in the fandom. Yeah. We might just have to throw a con for it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So there's progress. There is a convention, everyone. There is. It's in Nashville. It's going to be so fun. You guys have helped so much on it. I don't want to put you guys on the spot during the podcast, but, you know, you got to see how the programming grew and a lot of the different stuff that came together. And it's just, I don't know. I'm really stoked. I didn't think that it was going to, you know, I I knew that we would try, but I didn't know if it would ever turn out to be this, this like robust. And it's because you guys helped out a lot and other people helped out a lot and put a lot of different ideas into it. It's just, I think, really fairly representative of how we feel about a lot of the subjects. I think it's insane what you put together for like a first year of a con. And I just know that like every year subsequently, it's just going to get like bigger and better and cooler because, mm-hmm. you know, this first year is going to be so amazing. Everyone's going to go home and like make fun of their friends who aren't there. 
<laughs> it's going to be the opposite of what people would think. Spoiler, we're going to yeah. do an interview with James Hibbard directly after um, the first commission. We're going to let everyone know that it's going to be another year and a half before the next Con of Thrones. <laughs> I'm glad you asked me about that, yeah. James. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to set the record waiting. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Sunbasket. A huge part of eating healthy is just finding the time to do it. Taking the time to plan your meals, trek to the farmer's market, figure out portions, it all adds up. And if you're like me and you don't have all that time, you'll love Sunbasket. Sunbasket delivers delicious healthy recipes and fresh ingredients straight to your door. Get dinner on the table in 30 minutes. It's healthy cooking made easy. You'll get organic, non-GMO ingredients from the best farms and fishermen. And everything is seasonal and sustainably sourced. Sunbasket offers paleo, gluten-free, vegetarian, breakfast, and family options created by an award-winning chef and approved by nutritionists. Each meal comes with pre-measured, fresh ingredients and easy-to-follow directions. And it's delicious. It's time in the kitchen well spent. Go to sunbasket.com slash owns today to get your first three meals free. That's sunbasket.com slash O-W-N-S to get three healthy, easy to prepare meals for free. Sunbasket.com slash O-W-N-S. We'd also like to take a moment to tell you about Blue Apron. The summer is coming, but springtime is a great time to hit the reset button and retackle personal goals like getting fit, cleaning, and yes, cooking. For us, Blue Apron makes incredible home cooking easy and accessible by delivering seasonal recipes with step-by-step instructions and pre-portioned ingredients right to our door, all for less than $10 per meal. You can even customize your recipes based on your preferences and select a delivery option that's right for you. Plus, there's no weekly commitment, so you only get deliveries when you want them. And for the month of June, some of the meals available are warm trout and asparagus salad with fingerling potatoes and garlic croutons. Mm-hmm. Spiced zucchini enchiladas with creamy lime and tomato rice. Elote-style vegetable tostadas with summer squash, poblano peppers, and cilantro rice. And peach honey glazed chicken with mashed sweet potatoes, collard greens, and Thai basil. So there you have it. I think all the evidence is in the description of those meals <laughs> right there. <laughs> uh, we've we've been using Blue Apron for a long time. They've been sponsoring our podcast longer than anyone has, and it's uh, really easy to recommend them to you. So if you've heard us talk about Blue Apron before and you want to know what all the hype's about, Hannah will tell you how you can receive three meals for free. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash owns. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash owns. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. The thing that I'm super hyped up about Con of Thrones 4 is the fact that we're going to be able to continue to have these trailer discussions because we're not going to yet have season seven. And so everything that happened in this trailer, and I know for a fact that on programming, there's going to be some of these really, if we're not sick of it yet, like these deep dives into scene by scene, what we've got, what we know and what we need to know basically going into season Mm -hmm. seven. So I'm excited to do that in person instead of just over a podcast like we usually do. Joanna's doing a panel where she just explains all of season mm-hmm. seven. That's going to be our best viewing party ever panel, Joe. Oh, We're just going to... Oh, that's different. But yes. No, our best viewing party ever panel is going to be the best because I am obsessed with like pun related like food stuff. Like so to come up with like a bunch of like ideas for season seven themed food to have at a viewing party. I'm going to be this front is, row of this panel. It's going to be so <laughs> fun. We're going to. Is this not what you thought the viewing party panel? Was I've been telling be? people that it was a uh, that like I want to put like a riddle 
and the app as the description for it and like end it with this is a mirage i think i'm spoiling everything but a lot of people who are coming to the con probably don't listen to game of Thrones. so you guys on the inside if you're listening i was thinking that that could just be our like the panel's just a code name and we just hang out with everyone at that panel and maybe like we bring a lot of snacks that would be at the viewing party this is my this is my hope and dream that you guys don't talk or plan about it at all (laughs) after this moment and you just show up and you both have different ideas of what it's gonna look like do you want to do that I'm coming like the full, most fun for I'm me. I'm coming like full Martha Stewart. I'm like, well, <laughs> this is how you're gonna Apron have the best all. party. Yeah. And Zach's like, cool, cool, cool. I'm here to talk about something else entirely. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, that sounds great. Let's do that. The whole reason we're doing this panel though is like because Sue from Watching the Wall told us that it wouldn't work. So we're like, we'll show you. Yes, that's <laughs> it's true. Be the best panel <laughs> ever. True. So Hannah, I'm gonna need you to bring everyone you know to this panel. Oh, I'm pro- gonna clap. so we can prove yeah. Sue wrong. Basically, I'll we're plugging there. it right now. Everyone come to the best viewing party. <laughs> ever it's joanna and i i don't know what's gonna happen it's the only panel that's happening as far as i'm concerned <laughs> i'm gonna bring my dog i'm just gonna just you guys can pet strike Ooh. during that panel how's that nice i'll bring lint rollers too <laughs> thank you <laughs> can we like somehow make strike into a direwolf i'm just wondering he looks like, like one just a yeah, small he does. one great he's a he's a really nice guy but yeah i don't know do we have any trailer specific panels at, at the con we have um because when we were first started planning we didn't know if the season would be out right we planning the convention now we know um i know that i'm sitting on the panel where um i think it's sue is luca joining her on the panel i don't remember but like sue who has all of the spoiler knowledge of season seven is gonna be like let me lay it out for you <laughs> so she she invited me on this panel because basically i just want to like learn everything that sue knows always so like I'll, i'm probably just gonna be sitting there along with the rest of the people with my like with my chin on my hand just like gazing at her and taking in all of her yeah taking in all of her work but um that's gonna be really fun i'm gonna sound so stupid all of season seven because everyone's gonna be like mm, yeah that's not what happens more than usual so maybe Aww. i need we, to we give it to you raw ladies and gentlemen all right <laughs> even if it doesn't sound that good <laughs> for better for worse we've had some really really bad theories on this show you know <gasps> really what's your worst theory <laughs> oh it's our worst theory yeah mm. I'll tell you mine, or I'll tell you my most embarrassing. Let's you, hear t- it. you, yeah, you tell us. Oh well, I was just—I mean, I still get made fun of by every single person I know for this. Like people who don't even care about Game of Thrones make fun of me for this, which is like I was so convinced that Jon Snow was going to come back, like feral in some way, wolfish in some way. I was so convinced. I wrote this big, big, huge, in-depth article about it on Vanity Fair. Took this swing, was so wrong. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> continues to make fun of me for it. So and. It it's kind of nice, though, because then I have that humbling moment. So, like, when someone comes at me with a really stupid theory, I'm like, you're serious, stupid, and you should feel bad about yourself. But don't worry, because I've also come up with a stupid thing. I'm also I very stupid as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's like we're all in this together. It's we fine. definitely are. <laughs> Except for George, who uh, has lots of wonderful medieval figurines and an incredible home and office life and imagination and is just laughing Twitter at all feed. Of us. <laughs> Twitter feed. Twitter feed. I mean, on the one hand, yes, but on the other hand, like people are, I mean, I actually wouldn't want to be George. There's so much pressure on him. Uh, people are so mad at him that he hasn't written those books. Like, I'm a huge procrastinator and I always miss deadlines. And so, like, if I knew that the whole world is mad at me for missing a deadline, like, I don't know that I would leave my house. Like, so. I get that. Maybe George just has like a better life attitude than I have. But it is a shame that people are disappointed at him. I don't like it. I think about it all the time because I just like, I, uh, 
I identified so strongly with George and feel so sorry for him. Cause like if he never writes dream, I mean, that's his thing. He doesn't owe us anything. No, he doesn't. And no matter what, but he's going to be so disappointed in himself. You know what I mean? And no matter what he does now, he's probably not going to beat the HBO series. And the HBO series has sort of like taken ownership of this thing that he started that like his baby and through his own fault, through his own like human frailty. But I just, I find his story like the most tragic story of Game of Thrones personally. So I do too. And that's who could be more like nobody can make him feel that responsibility. Like I'm sure he feels for himself. And so people being angry at him doesn't help the situation you know does nobody any good well i'm not angry i just i'm not angry look at at the job that he's done i mean all of this stuff happened because he decided to put in the work originally and i think that he's going to finish it why wouldn't he you know like this is going to be his song of ice and fire is a is a real legacy and it it affects a lot of people affects us a whole lot maybe george is just less like tortured than i am and just like is happily enjoying his like wolf sanctuary and his football games and whatever else and like i'm way over projecting but i just i feel bad every time someone gets like really nasty about george i'm like have you no have you no compassion sir (laughs) at long last same what were we talking about uh (laughs) what have you been talking about this whole podcast (laughs) are we doing owns our owns, other people's owns, and then you guys don't do owns on your other Game so. of Thrones podcast, Joanna. I mean, our podcast is not called a, stor- a storm of owns. So. <laughs> Everyone does owns. Own of the trailer. This is tough. Probably Jon Snow choking Baelish. Mm, that's a good one. In a certain location, too. Yeah, in the crypts of Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. ooh. I'm trying to think about my. I'm like scrolling through my notes and moments that, and there's so many things that you can pick as your own because I feel like we didn't go super in depth because everybody else on the internet already has but one there's a couple moments that I really like I really love the shot of Tyrion with the dragon flying I think that's just such a beautiful shot and we didn't get a lot of Tyrion in this trailer and so I loved that moment so I think that my own's going to go to that and I think that my own is also going to go because I'm going to do too to um davos the davos quote of if we don't put aside our enmities and band together we will die and then it doesn't matter whose skeleton sits on the iron throne Mm. real because davos once again is the mvp of the season seven lead up just like he was for the season six lead up so (laughs) i'm into it those are my own true it's true i'm gonna give it to the Dothraki screamers. Yeah. <laughs> Hopping around horse on their parkour. horses. Horse, horse parkour. And then also, for reasons I can't, I probably shouldn't go into, um, <laughs> that creepy arm shot. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, who else has grayscale, right? Okay, fine. Uh, George- I feel like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've gone this far. Says, there's been a lot of... De- there has not been a lot of debate, but there were questions about whether or not that that was Jorah's arm. Um, and people were like, oh, it might be. Um, I think a lot of people thought it was a, or a lot of people told me they thought it was a white on W-I-G-H-T. And I was like, mm, no, that's that's my boy Jorah, who's my, who's my uh, fave, my fave, fave. Some people were trying to say that it was um, Septa... Unella, oh. who that Cersei tortured, and they were like zooming in on whether or not the arm was like feminine or masculine and all this kind of stuff. I was like, who else 
could it be that's got grayscale that's like desperate sure. i mean it is it is looking very moist it's like it's, moist. it's like gooing so like um you know it's not quite the grayest scale we've seen so far but yeah jora's arm trailer own for me that's so. pretty that's obscure <laughs> that's but good. also good for your first own joanna i mean it's very unbrand for me if you, you if you've ever if you've <laughs> ever watched me watch game of thrones you know i'm here for the jorah moments few and far between as they may be god how emotional was season six when he was leaving i like wept <sighs> i just want god. to clarify because you you know your listeners are much more book nerdy than our listeners i am not here for book jorah i find book jorah quite creepy the way he acts towards danny i find it like not not my fave but show jorah is show jorah. completely different matter altogether so sure i'm on board with that no. Say yes. Yeah, say show Dora five <laughs> times fast. Show Dora. Show Dora. What about show Dario? Which one? Uh, uh, I'm not here for any Darios. Can I change my no own to yes. the yes. just the shot of the mountain and his new armor? Oh, his Queen's Guard armor. Mm-hmm. That was. It felt no. like I was watching like a Star Wars trailer or something. It, it felt really bold and cinematic when he just turned. That was cool. Can I give my own to the Cleable yeah. <laughs> rumors that happen every time the mountain is on TV or on the screen? <laughs> you guys, what if Cleable never happens? You know, I made a bet with uh, Neil last year, my co-host. Uh, I was like, Cleable is not happening. And that wasn't a spoiled thing. I was just like, they have not lined their ducks up enough. Like a lot of people thought it was going to happen last year. I was like, guys, they've not they've not done laid the track for this. It can't happen. And uh, and yeah, and Neil was like a believer up until <laughs> And Clegamble is uh, happening. Lady Stoneheart is happening. 2K17, get hype. Get hype. Hey, Cold Hands hands in one way or another showed up long after people gave up hope about Cold Hands. Clegamble, 2K17, we're calling it Uh, now. Varys is definitely a merman. So get ready for that reveal. It's going to be ready for that entire panel that I have designed around that specific theory. (laughs) That you're not even going to be in now, though, Hannah. (laughs) Did I get kicked off that panel? No, that was the Rob Stark one, which you would have been perfect on. I'm just saying. I know. I got kicked off that panel, but I am not letting this one go. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> anyway. What was I looking at? I was looking Were you at something. Did you change your own? Did you already change it? No, I wasn't going to change my own. <laughs> I had something I that was. I swear you said that. Yeah, yeah you're you right. just said you were going to change your own. To the mountain. I changed it. I already, already changed oh, it. Oh, to the mountain. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We were talking about Clegane Bowl, so I'm just going to give a spoiler, okay? Because we're. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert Calm Thrones does have a Clegane Bowl 2K17 Get Hype t shirt. Uh, Just saying. I can't wait. I can't wait Just for saying. Neil to buy wait. like five of those and wear them every day. Are you serious? Yes, Santa. Yes. Does it does it feel significant that um Jamie is wearing Lannister armor and not Queensguard armor like uh the mountain is? I'm just gonna put that out there. That's not a spoiler. I just I like I like looking at who's wearing what armor. And Jamie's like, I'm not taking up your your silver and black colors, Cersei. Absolutely, yes. I'm staying a lion. He's got these lion elbow pads on. He's yeah, you know. he does. <laughs> With his, just, uh, he does. He's just Lannistering around. Um, I um, we're doing this complete Game of Thrones rewatch over on Storm of Spoilers. We're watching a season of television a week, which is uh, a lot. And um, I have to say, on this rewatch, I always love Jamie Lannister. But upon this rewatch, I'm like. Jamie Lannister. I mean, we're still in season three. These are like the good Jamie Lannister times. Uh, but I am just such such a Jamie Lannister fan. Me too. I have to say. I'm excited for, I mean, we see him very briefly 
in his Lannister getup and with Widow's Whale. And yeah. that's enough to get me hype about where he could possibly be going this season. So like what was I know do everybody that? knows. What is he gonna <laughs> do with me. that Valerian steel? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> kill some White Walkers, hopefully. Mm. God, I want to see Jamie kill a White Walker. Well like we were we were sort of counting down who has Valerian steel at this point. I don't know if we want to talk about the other thing that like everyone was talking about last week, but so like Jamie has one, Brian has one, John has one, Sam has one. <laughs> um <laughs> and you know, and, and maybe someone else has one. Uh, I don't need to go into it, but like, can you imagine? I kind of want like fan art already of the four people who have, we know, have Valerian Seal swords, like oh charging gosh, yes. against a white oh my gosh. with their swords drawn, right? Yes. Ja- Jamie, Brienne, John, and Sam. Go. Oh go, my gosh. You know, that's like the so. dream squad. Like running at Euron and his uh, yeah. full Valerian full armor Valerian or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. That's going to be so cool. You see, <laughs> so those are our ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we think. Lots to be excited about. Here, uh, we'll read uh, some of your owns. First up from Heathen King. Our first own of this episode um, from at Heathen King is own to at Joe wrote this for all of the Game of Thrones fandom with her tireless amount of podcasting and also putting up with all of us. <laughs> Shout out. There you go. Heathen Shout King out. is one of you know, like I don't know if you guys have this, but like there's like a whole. I couldn't even count how many Twitter handles like at this point over the years of Game of Thrones podcasting and writing like I'm just like this is my crew like oh, this yeah. is an yeah, army these are my sure. friends these like, are my friends yes. and these are like reliable people who will never have like a terrible take never say something like really awful and they're like really smart and engaged Shout out Gary Menace. and whatever and like uh, at Heathen King is definitely one of them where I'm just like as soon as I see his tweet I'm just like yep yeah, this guy has something great to say always uh, I, I just you. made an assumption about gender but like yeah that's this person has something great to say um that is not true of, of everyone on twitter but they're like people <laughs> whose, whose names i've really come to trust that's one of them so shout out to at heathen king your owns kill it man especially during the season gosh man some of you guys bring the thunder during the season <laughs> heathen king's second tweet own to Littlefinger for dropping a yo mama joke on Jon Snow. Own to John for choking his ass in response. Next we have at Daryl IWDC who says own to own. You forgot the woohoo. Hold on. I'm not going to say the woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> you got to say the woohoo. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> own one beautiful wide shot. The two Ds. No, no, no. Not David and Dan. Dothraki and Drogon. Hashtag Cersei. You in danger, girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. This one comes from Caleb Byrne, which is a B at Caleb Byrne, which is B E R N D. Um, says owned to Cersei for not being directionally challenged. She is the GPS voice in Westeros, and I'm just gonna say it's pretty easy when you're standing on the map. Yeah, I know. To be. <laughs> I love that map. Smart I know. I love the map too. <laughs> Some of us are still a little directly challenged, so it's, it's helpful. My phone is Yasmin Booth, owned to the Dothraki, jumping off horses in battle. Next, yeah. we've got yeah. Molly Reasley, who says, My own goes to Jon Snow for choking Littlefinger. Hashtag put that finger away. Hashtag Stark kills Ramsey. 2K17. Yeah, bring it back. Seriously, Milana says, Owned to Tyrion for climbing all the way up that cliff to watch Drogon do his thing. Show Tyrion is in much better shape than Book Tyrion. And then muscle mm-hmm. emoji. At Boyd1212 
on Twitter. Own to Drogon for buzzing the tower Top Gun style over Danny's entire army. Hashtag Field of Fire. Hashtag Drogon. Hashtag Maverick. <laughs> hashtag 80 style. I'm going to throw in a hashtag Highway to the Danger Zone. Hashtag Valyrian Ice High Road Man. to the Danger Zone. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Iceman coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next, we've got uh, Paul Cedal who says, Thank the gods own to Ramin Javadi. Hashtag no epic music trailer. Oh, wait. No epic music, no trailer. Wow, that's like that's one of those hashtags where you're like, where are my words? Okay. <laughs> um, this is from Jenny Bernier, who says, owned HBO for finally throwing this rabid fan base a bone. Hashtag hungrier than the Ramsey dogs. Jen Cleland Moore writes, I'm going Davos. I don't know who he's talking to, but it doesn't even matter. He owned them all. Join or die, the Iron Throne matches not. Mm. You could have said, I'm going Davos, period. And we all would have been like, mm-hmm, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. Uh, next from Facebook, we have Ashley Green Richardson, who says, our first glimpse of silence via lightning flash. God. Yeah. Anyone else notice a resemblance to a dragon? Possibly a clue as what's to come? Question mark, question mark. This is from Jose Quintero from Facebook. Another name I recognize. It says, own goes to John for choking Peter in the crypts of Winterfell. Also, Peter the Creeper, stare in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Candy Adamo, my own goes to Davos as well, and to the amazing battle scenes that look incredible. Next, we've got Jeff Lightfoot, who says the Dothraki for making it across the narrow sea and still being able to kick some, or and still being able to kick some major butt. This is from um, Cedric Huxman, who's like maybe this is in relation to like the John Tormund running scene. Yes, <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> but he goes, it's it's a uh, John colon. I swear I didn't flirt with Brienne. <laughs> They think you're a god. Man, I wasn't on board with that, but I'm getting on board with it. I mean, I'm still team Jamie and Brienne, but um, always, you know, Torment, Torment can carry a torch if he wants. That's fine. And finally, I think the, the simplest and strongest own of the episode, Ashley Lynette, Lynette writes, my own goes to maps. <laughs> Amen. All right. Hey, thanks for reading those with us. Well, that's really fun. My first owns. Right? <laughs> yeah. Congratulations on getting through. Fandom's not so big after all. Thanks for coming and uh, joining us for this episode. I know that we wanted, when when Hannah and I were thinking about this episode, I was like, we got to get Joanna in here because we got the trailer, we've got all this news and you're consistently writing about it for Vanity Fair. And I know that we look at your stuff and I think a lot of people in the fandom also depend on your perspective. And I think it's really special that you're coming as a you know fellow podcaster, as a fellow staff member on Con of Thrones and you have that stage as well. So Thanks for coming on the show and sharing with us how you feel about this stuff. Yeah, seriously. It's like talking to a kindred spirit. So yes, we appreciate we appreciate it. I love all the is that true? Yeah, I think that's true. I love all the podcasters in the Game of Thrones fan. <laughs> <laughs> all the ones I know anyway, because like everyone is just like so cool. There's like I think people try to sort of do a Game of Thrones thing and pit us against each other, but like I think we all like each other. So oh, yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and where can the internet find you? Um, you can find me on most days on VanityFair.com. We're doing a really fun sort of game contest thing around Game of Thrones this year. So when that drops, I hope you guys all enter because it's going to be really, really fun. Um, and you can find me podcasting on Game of Thrones on Storm of Spoilers, Cast of Kings. I'm doing a Twin Peaks podcast right now called Peaks TV. Oh, yeah. Doing something about American Gods over on the Storm of Spoilers feed. So yeah, I'm around. You find me on Twitter at Joe Wrote This. And if you want to participate with us, if you want to send in your comments, your owns, your 
your thoughts, especially as we gear up for season seven and for the con. You can do that in a lot of different ways. You can find us on Twitter at Game of Owns. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Game of Owns, or you can send us an email to contact at gameofowns.com. If you're not listening to our new series yet, Rewatch the Throne, now is the time. We have officially joined the lineup of new shows on Stitcher Premium. It's awesome, especially as we prepare for season seven, because there's so much and things that we didn't really get into in this episode that I'm picking up on that I hadn't thought about before. So if you need a refresher before we get into the weeds with season seven, check out Rewatch the Throne. You can still find it at the same place at rewatchthethrone.com. And we appreciate it if you check out the show and enjoy it. Joanna, again, thank you so much for joining us and for coming to hang out with us. And we'll see everyone soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll see you guys all in Nashville. Great War is here.